Hey, Gather, Grow, Go family. This is Pastor Daniel coming to you as we continue this season grounded and focused in prayer. And today's type of prayer that we are going to be looking at is intercession. That's just the big fancy word for praying for a situation or for another person. It's an offering of a request to God on behalf of somebody else. Intercession is one of those types of prayer that that at one hand comes naturally to us, but also can be the subject of, of our cynical scorn in a, in a generation and in a season where thoughts and prayers get thrown out all the time. And so we went on today looking at what is the practice of intercession? Where is God in the midst of it? And, and some of the, the hard questions that come up as we begin to experience and practice intercession. As I said just a second ago, intercession at its core it is an expression to God of the needs of the world, where we speak sometimes on behalf of ourselves, but most often on behalf of someone else, someone else in our family, someone else in our community, somewhere else across the world, people we know and even people we don't know. In the midst of this pandemic season, we and many faithful people around the world of many faiths have been offering their prayers to God, asking for God's presence and power to intercede in the lives of people who are suffering, in the lives of people who are sick, and in the lives of people who are working incredibly hard to care for the most vulnerable in their community. We've also offered prayers of intercession uh, for our leadership in this season, that they might have the wisdom um, of God, right? And that they might make decisions that keep their communities whole and safe. In a few minutes, we'll get into some of the questions surrounding intercessory prayer. But one of the foundational things I want to get at is that often when we think about intercessory prayer, lifting up the needs of a community to God, we, we can begin to wonder, doesn't God already know? Does God need to be convinced to act if God is all this stuff we say God is? It is my foundational belief and experience, and it's been the belief and experience of the church through many centuries, that intercessory prayer is as much, if not more, about transforming the prayer than changing God's mind about something. When I have found that when I pray for someone else consistently, when I lift their concerns to the level that I'm speaking to the creator of the universe about it, it shifts something in me. And it causes a, a potential for alignment so that that great prayer that Jesus invited his disciples to pray and invites us to pray, right? The Lord's Prayer. That, that hinges on this foundational conversation of God, your kingdom come, your will be done, make earth like heaven. When I pray on behalf of others, I am much more likely to say yes to God's invitation to be a partner with God in helping that kingdom come on earth, that God's will, God's hopes, God's dreams, God's love for the world might be experienced and expressed. And so intercessory prayer is both an expression of our in, of our intent to connect to God and to lift others up, but also in the lifting others up, it helps change our soul.
Welcome to the Gather, Grow, Go podcast. I'm Pastor Daniel. I'm Pastor Melissa. And I'm just Kiefer. And today we continue in this season of intercession. And, and I think this is the type of prayer that if we had to make our, our short list of things that we have most experience with, right? Uh, this might be near the top of that list. Definitely. I yeah, mean, for sure. One that I feel like if you grew up in the church, it's one of the first forms of prayer that you learn, or at least included in that type of prayer. Like, you know, it's ask for forgiveness, you know, pray for others, thank God, mm. say amen, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Right. What, what was the five finger acronym? Do y'all remember? I can't remember. I, I was just thinking about but that. Was, I had a four one. It was like path. It was pr- offer praise. I think it was modeled after the Psalms. So like you start okay. with praise. Okay. I don't remember what a ask, ask for something maybe. And then like, okay thanks and help i don't know what i don't remember it though <laughs> i but I, I know that there was an acronym the the ask could be asked for others and that's what we're going to go with in the midst okay. of this because uh, it fits today we don't know what it really was in your childhood but that works um yeah i mean it is that it's part of a practice that has been introduced to us for a long time right often we're we're told as kids or at least i was told as a kid to to pray for others before i really even had a clue what that meant or, you know, what I was actually doing, but I prayed for people, right? And, and still to this day, we, we pray for folks. Um, what has been y'all's experience with intercessory prayer beyond the, we grew up doing it? Well, I grew up doing it. <laughs> okay. Sometimes that's my experience. Um, for me, intercessory prayer is one of those ones that definitely went through kind of some of the like intro stuff you named uh, Daniel of like in college. And I'd even say through some of seminary, just lots of questions of if God knows what is the point of mm, bringing it Yeah. Up. The why bother? <clears throat> the why bother? And even in intercessory prayer, I think there can be a bit of um, feeling like uh, there's, those prayers just hit a wall and don't go anywhere. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, especially when Mm -hmm. like coming from a more fundamentalist background, right? Like in high school and college when I'm old enough to realize like, wait, the people I'm praying for don't always get the end results that I'm praying for. Mm -hmm. And what does that mean? Kind of thing. So I'd say I'd have a storied history with intercessory prayer. (laughs) Yeah. I have a, my history is a bit of a roller coaster. I guess <laughs> of the same thing. I, it was adult. It was early, early adulthood that I like 18 to 20 when I really started to go, Oh, hold on, hold on. When I ever had my, whatever, that's probably the earliest I remember even having like any kind of problem with like prayer, like any kind of mm. not problem, but like um, friction, I guess it was always just like, this is how you pray. And like, that's how I prayed for forever. And it was, but, um, I think Melissa, this, the same as you, when you start to realize like, Oh, you don't always like really get the result. And it, well, it was less about me getting the result, but more about me not seeing a way around any of it that was like good. And I guess this was my sevenness was like solidified at this point where it was like, wait, hold on. I can't see the good here out of like whatever the result is, but I was praying for, you know, something good because all, all of this, you know, and, and I, the, the first, uh, there were a couple things that happened probably to me in uh, early college that made that happen. But one in particular that stands out was 
my best friend's mom uh, was diagnosed with breast cancer when we were juniors in high school. Um, and obviously prayer throughout all of that. Uh, we, we, she, we all grew up at going to the same church. Um, and so prayer was a big part of her journey, but I mean, the journey ended where, uh, sadly a lot of cancer journeys end, which is, you know, death. <laughs> and that was a difficult time for, I think all of us, just because she was such a strong member of the faith community and there was so much prayer happening. And that was one of the first times that I really remember, um, it, I think it was more through observation because it was because she was my best friend and for her it seemed like every prayer had gone unanswered and mm. so it was difficult for me to allow myself to go like no there's probably something good like it, I I was I'm usually the silver lining person in my friend group but it was difficult for me to offer like a silver lining around that whenever she was in that place of not being able to um, see the good any kind of good thing that had come from this it was just no now my mom's dead you know and so that was one of the first times that i really remember struggling with intercessory prayer and and the point um but i mm -hmm. had never considered it was years later daniel before i considered the whole it's about you know what it does for me and not necessarily and I, that sounds kind of selfish when i say it you said it better you said it more pastorally <laughs> but but you know what i mean where it's 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 also about the prayer um mm -hmm. as in the person praying um you know and i had never really thought of that uh, and that's recently we've had the three of us have had many conversations about intercessory prayer and recently that's been a lot um that that idea has been on my mind a lot more um just about what it's doing for like my outlook and my um presence in a community and my connection to that community but also my connection to you know the creator of the universe and and all of that and all of what you were saying um and so mm -hmm. yeah i've had some ups and downs with it <laughs> I think this is the kind of um, prayer type that gets most at some like really big theological words that like have a lot of everyday implications oh, yeah. like divine providence. Mm. How does God interact with the world? Right. The Odyssey, you know, is God good if there's evil in the world and what is God doing about it? You know, all these really big kind of things that when we boil it down, do impact us, um, even when we're not thinking about them on the grand scale. But I think intercessory prayer is one of those prayer forms that opens us into um, exploring our own answers, whether or not we're using the ridiculous length words for it, or if we're just saying, God, where are you? You know? Um, yeah. And for me, I think one of the like most helpful people to kind of change some of that, like of, of, I think it was important for me to acknowledge what is my role as someone who's praying to God in the midst of this and how does that change my relationship with the person and also with God in the midst of taking this time to intercess. But I still want to know, God, what are you doing about it? Right. Which is a pretty big, bold claim when you're like, I'm asking something of you, God. Right. But Mm -hmm. Our scriptures show us a narrative where we, where God's given us that permission to do it, right? To ask God questions, right? Big, heavy, hard questions. Um, but Kate Bowler, I think, is the one who has put it best. Uh, Kate Bowler is a um, professor at Duke Divinity School. She's young for, um, like, I think Daniel, you and her are the same age. I want to say. 
Um, hey, I am young in this conversation. All right. <laughs> I'm used to being the old man. That's good. And at like 30, between 30 and 33, she was diagnosed with um, stage four stomach cancer mm-hmm. and was married, had a three-year-old, like not the, not the life she was expecting, not the diagnosis she was expecting. Um, and they didn't think she was going to come out on the other side, but she did. And she wrote a memoir called um, Everything Happens for a Reason and Other Lies I've Loved. Mm. Um, but yeah. I heard her speak one time and uh, she said that when she was in the throes of chemo and all of this, that um, she didn't need the Baptist that would come in and pray for her and say, God's going to heal you period kind of thing. Like, or you don't have enough faith, right? She didn't need that shame or guilt built into it. She didn't need the Methodist because she said the Methodist wouldn't even pray for healing. Like they would just avoid (laughs) it altogether. Uh, But she said where she actually found the most life in prayer and specifically intercessory prayer was with the Mennonite, which is kind of a beautiful mixture of mm. Baptist and Methodist theology blended together. Because she said that the Mennonites would pray for healing, but then they would thank God and say, God, if you heal Kate, you are good. And if you don't heal Kate in this life, you are still good. Mm. But that's exactly what I needed. Yeah, it was either you or Daniel too, that one of the things you guys have said to me over the last you know year or so that I've that I've been with you guys was you know when you pray for healing healing happens whether or not it's you know she's healed in life or they're healed in life or healed by death <laughs> you know because we don't I think that's the thing too is we trick ourselves into thinking death is the the like worst part I mean which in so many ways it is um like it's terrible for the people that like the shock wave that it leaves you know absolutely but it's you know it's the hard thing as a christian to uh to remember that death isn't the like it's it's what's at what comes after is the whole purpose you could argue of the of, of of our belief system and so um i've had to put a lot of those puzzle pieces back together but those have been some helpful statements Gunger. from you guys i think oh, yeah. gunger's got a really good song about that I've got a song. Which one were you this, thinking of? This is not the end. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which I just blare. Yeah. <laughs> it is like that. the happiest of songs that is about death, really. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think really happy. <laughs> you know, I think sometimes we are overly simplistic with this whole conversation of intercession right we act like it's giving god a shopping list for all of the the things that we think god is not good enough or holy enough or kind enough to want to do on behalf of humanity so we have to tell god right that's the kind of well you know they're not going to be healed unless we pray for healing i'm like well not so much right i mean mm-hmm. you know i think god's ultimate des- dreams and desires for humanity are sort of present regard without regard to um (laughs) right you know my individual action right um melissa i loved what you said that you know because for a long time i was the methodist that wouldn't even touch the heel like i'd pray all these big i mean my first three years of pastoral ministry i'm praying all these big elaborate prayers at Uh people's bedside and and 
saying everything but bring healing because I didn't want to set the table yeah. for the kind of disappointment that Kiefer was talking about. Does that make sense? Yeah. I didn't want to set the table. Uh, but what I discovered over time was that I had too narrowed the expectation ability of God to work. Does that make sense? Like I had said that the only way God could work in the midst of this is in this single specific outcome that I have determined. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, which is really, I was being Rome, right? When Rome put Jesus on a cross, <laughs> they thought they were ending it because God couldn't work outside of this specific outcome. Yeah. Right. We killed the dude. It's a, it's done. Right. Chicken. Well, now Rome is no good and gone uh, as an empire anyway. And, and, the movement that Jesus sparked and started continues even to this day. So, um, you know, it has been an opening for me and it has happened through um, a movement beyond of, you know, I love that she named, you know, getting kind of beyond her default lane of theology and spirituality, because it is in the sort of widening of that for me that I've been better able to go, look, I'm not ever going to look at anybody in judgment and say, you weren't healed in the way I think it should be, you know, because of a lack of faith. Right. I mean, yeah. we'll never go to that kind of judgmental place, but at the same time, we can pray for healing and wholeness in whatever form it ultimately comes. Absolutely. Because God is committed to bringing that. Yeah. So. Thank you for joining us today on the Gather, Grow, Go podcast. I'm Pastor Daniel. I'm Pastor Melissa. And I'm just Keeper. And today's invitation to grow is that we invite you to experience this, whether you have done it 7,000 times before or it has been one of the things you don't do because you don't want to set somebody up for disappointment. We invite you to be in prayer for someone else, for a person, for a community, for our world in this season. As you pray for someone else, try to express the fullness of your heart and your hope to God, knowing that God is big enough to receive it, even if there's frustration and anger in the midst of it. And as you pray, as you intercede on behalf of someone else, pay attention to how God is whispering to your soul. Notice the subtle changes in you, the, the ways that God may be at work. And if you don't notice the first time, keep praying. Pray every day for this next week until our next episode comes out on behalf of somebody else. And see if over time you begin to notice small shifts in your spirit, where your concerns begin to broaden, your awareness of the needs of others begins to broaden, and you're better able to see the world through the eyes of Christ. That's your invitation to grow this week. And now go. Receive this benediction, this blessing that's meant to be lived out this week. May you be blessed when someone prays for you. May you be blessed when you spend time in prayer for someone else. May you be blessed when you take time in prayer with God. May you be blessed this week. Amen. Amen.